the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. We're going to actually look at verses 20 through 21 of Romans chapter 1, but I'm going to start you at verse 17. And in verse 17, God tells us how the just and the upright live. And who are the just and the upright? Who are we talking about? You, Christian. If you are a child of God, that's who you are. Let's look at the verse. Turn to Romans chapter 1, verse 17. Now, you'll remember if you were here when we talked about this verse before that Paul is helping the Roman Christians to understand what they have in the gospel. And as I pointed out last week, many of us have lived from a partial gospel far too long. But the truth of what we have in Christ is so full, so complete, so beyond even our comprehension in this human sphere that the angels rejoice to see it, yet we only grasp for a small portion. Many of us don't ever know and haven't known what it is to be truly satisfied in life. What it is to be truly living in the abundance that He has given us through His Son. That is knowable. It's not just knowable, it's natural. It's what He's created you for. In fact, He recreated you in order that you might have the capacity to walk upon this planet of the visible and the seen and live so far beyond it that you walk in victory above every circumstance. That's what He created you for. He didn't intend that we as His children should live like the lost without hope without joy, with only the expectation of what this world can give us. He gave us far more through His life and through His Son. In the Gospel is the complete redemptive work of God through Christ. And through the Gospel there is a righteousness that is ascribed to us, to everyone who will believe. 
We're beginning in verse 17 because if you are a Christian, this verse is really talking about you. You are just, you are righteous, and you are upright before God. And God has recreated you. You are a new creation, created to live a just and upright life. Paul in verse 17 tells you how the just and the upright man lives. If you want your life to reflect the truth of your identity, you must live your life by faith. That's what he says. By faith. It takes faith to live to the unseen in a visible world. The truth is, for the child of God, every challenge we face in life presents itself to the senses, doesn't it? It's typically visible and it's tangible. But the answer for us is invisible. It's the life within. We are to answer all life's issues with His life. That is how we respond to the obstacles, to the difficulties, to the pain. Many, many Christians want God to give them some special dispensation for the difficult trials that they're going through, for the difficult times that they're in. They want God to visit upon them some special grace. And what God would say to you is that I have given you my very life. Yield to that life. All that you need to face whatever you're going to face in this life is within you. It is Christ. That faith that He calls us to live to is a faith in the invisible God who resides within us and about us. It's a faith that transcends understanding. Life requires faith. Believing that the life within you is greater than the life without. That the invisible is greater than the visible. In fact... The visible is held together by the invisible. You ever thought about that? Faith says that the spirit is reality and the physical is just a manifestation of reality. 2 Corinthians 4.18 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, Since we consider and look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen, for the things that are visible are temporal Brief and fleeting, but the things that are invisible are deathless and everlasting. If we ask one question in our walk with the Lord, we most often ask this question, Lord, how am I going to live? How do I live this life? How do I face life? How do I deal with the circumstances that, that come at me? How do I live? And God answers, with this word, by faith. Now, it's a difficult thing to grasp. That's because we attach faith to the visible. We attach faith to circumstances. And we want faith to move circumstances. And we want faith to change circumstances. And we want faith to move people. And we attach faith to what we can see. But we are called to live by faith in the finished work of Christ. We're called to live by faith in His life, in His love, in His character. We say, Father, I'm believing You for this. I'm trusting You for that. But God says, believe in Me. Trust in Me. 
You see, so many things that we desire, so many things that we're hoping for, I'm not saying they're bad things. There may be things that God has placed in your life, things that He's put in your heart. But I am saying that do not trust in faith to change those things. Trust in faith that you will walk with Him in the midst of whatever you're in. Trust in faith that God will be all that He says He is. That God will be God in your circumstance. Trust in faith that the greatest reward for you is Jesus regardless of what happens in your life. That's where we need to be. Faith is how we live and He is our life. The life He has called us to is a simple life of resting in who He is and believing Him to be through us all that is needed. We are to ask in faith, believing. And this is a faith to live by, not a faith to gain by. Now, this is important because Paul, in these verses that follow, begins to set a contrast between what the Christian life is and what the lost man's life is. Last week we looked at verses 18 through 19. And as we go through these verses, what I want you to see is in every observation of what the life of a lost man is like, what I want you to see is that your life is in absolute contrast to that life. I want you to see the opposite side. When he says that they are blind, know that you can see. When he says they are in darkness, know that you have light. In each one of these things, it's not enough for us to walk away and know that the lost are condemned and are determined to stay in that condemnation. It is important for us to know what we have and how much better it is than the independence and the rebellion that they live to. You know, the biggest issue I see in Christians today is that they envy the lost. They envy the worldly. They envy the things that they have. They, they actually aspire to the same things the world aspires to. Their goals are the same. Their heroes are the same. And they wonder why their spiritual life and their relationship with the Lord is shallow. Let's look at Romans 18 and 19, chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. We looked at them before, but I want to briefly go through them again. For God's holy wrath and indignation are revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who in their wickedness repress and hinder the truth and make it inoperative. Verse 19, For that which is known about God is evident to them and made plain in their inner consciousness because God himself has shown it to them. See, God's wrath and indignation is revealed against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. And I pointed this out last week, and I want to point it out again. Please understand that this is not His wrath. This wrath is not just about the behavior of men. This wrath is about the nature of these men. This wrath is about the life that they've chosen over His life. You see, their unrighteousness and their ungodliness is nothing more than the fruit of the nature that they bear. God is not speaking just about the acts. He's speaking about who they are. And you need to understand that if you put everything in the category of behavior, 
Not only will you think that man would be good if they could just act good, you'll believe the same about you. And here's the thing, you will never, ever, ever get it right. If your acceptance before God is based in your behavior, you will never, ever, ever get it right. He knew far better than we did. He made a covenant with us that is not based in what we do. It's based in who we are. God's wrath is against the ungodliness and unrighteousness that springs from their nature. They're at war with God from birth because they're born in sin and separation. They resist and repress the truth of God in everything, in their conscience, in their nature, and, get this, and in believers. That you Christians. This tells you that the lost are at war with their conscience. Did you realize that? They're at war with their conscience. That requires a great deal of internal effort. It does to repress the truth. They will not be tolerant of it. They are hostile. They can be tolerant of deception. They can be tolerant of baseless religions. They can tolerate idolatry and foolishness, but they cannot tolerate the truth. They are willingly and knowingly rejecting God. Let's look at verse 20. Romans chapter 1, verse 20. For ever since the creation of the world, His invisible nature and attributes, that is, His eternal power and divinity, have been made intelligible and clearly discernible in and through the things that have been made His handiworks. So men are without excuse, altogether without any defense or justification. Now, from the beginning, God created everything to bear witness of Himself. He holds everything together, and He has put a witness of Himself in everything that He has created, and that includes man. That's what they're fighting. There's an inner awareness of God. The world, at one time, was created. It was created to reflect the glory of its Creator. And even now... In the midst of sin, the world has not been able to diminish it. It still cries forth for the glory of God. It still exalts the truth of our Creator. There is a recognition. Creation declares His glory. And within man, he knows there is a God. Paul writes that the character and power of God have been made intelligible and clearly discernible. And that means that all men can know the will of God. So all men are without excuse because they're surrounded by the evidence of his creation and the ongoing demonstration of his power. Now Paul makes it clear that men choose. They either choose life in Christ or they choose external death. Through self-imposed darkness, they have lost their awareness of the Creator in the creation, but not in their inner being. They've, you know, it's interesting, even the lost tribes in the middle of nowhere have a need to worship. They have to create something to worship. You know, we talk a lot about focus here. And this, I think, is an example of that. You know, the godless never lose the awareness of the existence of God, even though God, as their creator, has made it plain to them. That's what this verse is saying. They never lose their awareness of God, even though God has made it plain to them that he exists. They never lose it, no matter how much they try to repress it. 
Now, what I see there is that they are denying his presence even though his presence is plain. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you have been driving somewhere from your house, a road that you travel all the time, and you're driving along, and one day you look over and you see a building and you say, wow, when did that get there? And your husband or wife may turn to you and say, it's always been there. It's been there for years. I've never noticed it. I can't believe it. It's like it popped up overnight. How did that get there? Well, the truth is you never saw it because you weren't looking for it. Now listen, child of God. A lot of it depends on what you're looking at and looking for. When you walk through this life looking to be rejected, walk through this life looking for the disappointments, or walk through this life looking for the adoration of your flesh for one reason or another, you're not looking for God. You will continually seek the things that you want, but you're not looking for God. Now here's the thing. It's interesting to me that difficulties come in our lives and suddenly we found God. Suddenly He's, wow, you, you know... The Lord just made His presence so plain. Have you heard that before? Wow, you know, we just it was like God was in the room. What do you mean it was like? God is always in the room. And what are you looking for in life? What are you distracted with? We as Christians should walk into every circumstance, every situation, if not actively looking for God, aware that His presence is there. You know, one of the things that I noticed is that when I was looking for a car, a specific type of car, and I thought, you know, I wouldn't mind having a car like that. And then I was looking at every intersection for that car. In fact, I changed my mind about one car because there was always one or two of them at every intersection. And I said, wow, I'm not sure I want to drive that now. But the truth is that I was looking for it. I was looking for it. What are you looking for? This is a matter of focus. The text here implies that there's a constant evidence of God before them, before the lost. And no amount of resistance can put it down. The lost must be vigilant in their rejection. They have to be rebellious and hostile against the truth of God within them. It's the only way that they can stand against it consistently. Because the witness of God is before them. Romans 1.21 Because when they knew and recognized Him as God, they did not honor and glorify Him as God or give Him thanks, but instead they became futile and godless in their thinking, with vain imaginings, foolish reasoning, and stupid speculations, and their senseless minds were darkened. Now remember, I want you to think... And compare the condition of the lost to what God desires for the child of God. Keep that contrast in your mind. This verse begins with because. So what we're seeing here is cause and effect. And I want to remind you again that this is not an issue of behavior. It's an issue of birth. They're born like this. To reject God as a lost man is to reject life, to reject a new birth, to reject being born again or recreated with a nature that actually has the capacity to intimately know God and not just know about Him. 
You see, the lost do not have the capacity to honor God, as the verse says. They do not honor Him. They don't have the capacity to honor Him. And to refuse the glory of God, to glorify God, is to deny Him altogether. Do you know that? You see, His glorience is the radiance of who He is. That's what His glory is. It's the radiance of all that He is. We glorify God the same way the moon glorifies the sun, except that His glory is not just a surface reflection. It is an illumination within us of the new creation. The new creation was created to glorify God. That means that the new creation was created to reflect all that God is. That's what you were created for. It's in kind of in the same way we talked about this the other night at Bible study. It's in the same way that the fruit reveals the life of the vine. The fruit on the branch reveals the life of the vine. In the same way we glorify the Lord by manifesting the life that is within us. You know, John 8.32, many of you have got this memorized. If you don't, it's real easy. You should. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now, if you're a child of God, you have the truth, capital T, within you. Okay? And God promises that if it is your heart... Now, there's two types of knowing. There's a know-about and there's an intimate knowing. You are already in union with Him. There's an intimacy that He literally created in you. But we don't have to live out of that, do we? We can live as though He is about us, but He is not in us. We can live knowing about God rather than knowing Him intimately participating in the intimacy that He's already given us. Now, the problem with that is that if you don't know the truth, the truth will not set you free. They knew and recognized Him as God, the lost did, but they did not know Him as truth, so they remained in bondage to the flesh and to sin. You see, to reject God is to reject the truth of all things. And you cannot know, this is important, I want you to remember this. You cannot know the value or the purpose of anything or anyone without God because He establishes it in Himself. What is the value of my wife? She is the child of God. What is the purpose of my wife? She is the child, a child of God. How am I to know that value? How am I to know that purpose? By yielding to the God who holds her together. By knowing her through that same God. Paul said, it is my determined purpose to know Him. And in determining to know Him, I must know each of you in the truth of your value and your purpose. And it's in God. You know, by knowing you this way, you can fail. By knowing you this way, you can make mistakes, you can be offensive, you can be belligerent, you can be whatever you want to say, you can be those things, but I don't know you that way. I don't know you according to the flesh, I know you according to the Spirit of God, who is your life. Paul says, I know no man according to the flesh. The truth is, we're not to know them that way either. Is there somebody you know that way? He's not just talking about Christians. He's talking about every man. Is there somebody you know that way? Is there somebody you esteem because of their flesh? Is there somebody you reject because of their flesh? 
How do you know them? You cannot know the value or the purpose or the worth of anything apart from Him. You can't know the value of marriage. You can't know the value of of a job. You can't know the value of sickness. God has purpose in that. If He didn't, it wouldn't be around. There's a purpose in all that we experience. Look at verse 21 again. The condition of the man who rejects God is spelled out. And I want you to understand that the lost are born in this condition. What this verse indicates is that they have become progressively worse in their depravity. It doesn't mean that they have become these things. It means that their depravity has become worse. It progresses. Verse 21 says that they become futile and godless in their thinking. And to be futile in their thinking means to be given over to worthlessness, or to think about worthless things, or to become destitute of wisdom. You see, the world's ever trying to distract you with worthless things. It's ever trying to occupy your mind and your interests in worthless things. Now, There are a lot of things that come under that category because the only thing that is of worth is the God in the midst of it, is Christ. If I try to see Christ through my experiences on the planet, my information on the planet, through who I am, through who you are, through the world condition, through all of these things, if I try to capture who Christ is through those things, I don't see Him clearly. Thank you for joining Pastor Todd Granger for His Life Revealed, the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation, rest in His life moment by moment, and receive from His life all that you need to show Christ in this world. If you'd like to know more, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And you're invited to join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If you would like to help support this ministry, send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. And finally, this coming week, our hope is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you. And remember, wherever you go, whatever you do, The hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.